Welcome to the show beyond the show, the off the record conversation between me, Dr. Neil Smoller, holistics pharmacist, supplement strategist, and Mark DeSico of RTD Fitness. Today, we're going to talk about the science of stretching. It's an in-depth conversation around an area of expertise that one of us has. So Mark with physical fitness and stretching, this is the information you would normally have to pay for that. You would have to find a tutor or a teacher to, to do this stuff with you and, and, and personalize it. So there's going to be a lot of that information that would be shared here. Um, but you get it here. Do you want to do a quick vibe check like uh, or weather report? Uh, you know, just uh, it's, it's start of school year. It's really busy. Yeah. And you've got 17 kids, Neil. Yeah. I, got, I got the one, you know, we're dads. And yeah. so, you know, one of the things I, I try to work on with, with my daughter is this idea that she only has to do the bare minimum. And I think I don't, I don't do you want her to do the bare minimum. No, oh, you want to do thing. more. I'd mm-hmm. like for her to do a little bit more than the minimum. And yeah. so an example of that is her teacher says, you got to read 30 minutes a day. So she's a little behind in her reading because yeah. of COVID and just generally she, she's not grabbing at the books at the level I'd like. So mm-hmm. what we've done is we've incorporated this hour of reading a day. There you go. Now the teacher says a half hour. Mom and dad say an hour. Yeah. Her take is, well, the teacher said a half hour, so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And my take is, that's lovely. And a general idea of a good way to read, right, which fits in with the podcast, generally speaking, that would be a good rule of thumb, a half hour. But you specifically need the hour. And so... I don't know how to help folks do more than the bare minimum <laughs> because I myself spent most of my life doing the bare minimum to get by. And especially if you're good at stuff, you can do the bare minimum and totally coast through life, folks. I can tell you from experience, it's very effective. So I guess what I'm, what I'm bringing today is this idea of like, it's hard to get folks to do a little bit extra. I think, you know, yeah, I'm going to call you out on this. Yeah. You are Mike Judge and your daughter is Jennifer Aniston from Office Space. Yes. Where he's saying you need 15 pieces. She's like, I've got 15 pieces. Well, you need to do a little more. Yeah. So sometimes it's okay to, to hit the minimum because like I would argue that you weren't doing the bare minimum when you were uh, morbidly e- obese. Oh, I easily. would say you're not doing anything. Nothing. You were actually actively sabotaging For yourself. Sure. Yes. So, so stop true. picking on your daughter. No, but not uh, picking. I'm not picking. I'm pointing to the, I'm pointing to this, this, uh, this change piece, which, or, mm-hmm. or this betterment, like, it, yeah. so we're talking about building out discipline which is the piece that i'm using i'm using that word with her discipline this idea of i do stuff that i don't like doing for a result so i'm doing these things i don't really like but i have to do them in order to get better at something and so that skill set that mindset is so important to what we're doing here and it's hard to to implement and it's hard for anyone. I'm not just, I'm using my, my daughter's example as one to kind of illustrate. This is not something that comes naturally to folks. And, and it's not something that you're going to want to do in a, like I'm motivated to do it kind of way. People talk about motivation versus discipline. For me, discipline wins the day. Motivation is fleeting. It comes and goes and it's fine for a spark, but it's not the thing that keeps the fire moving and, and, and growing. And so that's really what I'm talking. And here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach your daughter lines from office space. And when you say an hour, I'm, she's going to say, the, the Nazis had pieces of flair that they made the Jews wear. Sure. And that, <laughs> that'll and be the response. That'll be an interesting response. Um, you know, she's, she's she, probably too smart for her own good, I imagine. Is, she is. And, 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 you know, I think it's because 
because the alternative is she's going to watch YouTube Kids for 17 hours. And so yeah. I'm happy to have her watch you YouTube Kids with that. for 15 hours mm-hmm. and then spend an hour doing, you know, something that's enriching. And I so understand. And so all of us do that. And that's what I'm pointing to is yeah. you, you spend 17 hours on Facebook. You spend Reddit. 17 hours on Reddit, Neil. Mm-hmm. You're a mess on Reddit. I see you on there. It's yeah. a nightmare. I don't see him on there because I'm not on Reddit. I have to stay away from these kinds of things yeah. because I know how my brain works. And so if I spend any time on Reddit, I'm going to be there for 400 years. <laughs> I don't have that kind of time, so I have to avoid it completely. And sometimes that's a good approach for stuff like this is just don't do it. All right. So science is stretching. We're getting into it. One thing I want to know mm-hmm. is how did you personally come to realize the importance of stretching. Now, before you answer that, mm-hmm. what I really want you to do is to have a long, drawn-out, meandering, mm. t- tangential account of this. That doesn't sound like I, me. I love that. Oh, I that doesn't do sound that. like anything I've ever done. Um, so th- that's the that's the concept here, which is, so how do, how do I, at 420 pounds, decide that I need to stretch? So for me, yoga was like this idea that I wasn't interested in. I didn't understand why people would do it. And I would make fun of it. Like Jane Fonda workouts and leotards is my picture of yoga. So I don't have like a good idea of stretching or yoga. Now, I've been a gymnast in my past life as a child. So I understand that I had the potential to be flexible because I was at one point when I was a young man. Yeah. Now, I know what I was physically capable of at my size, very little. So I could walk. You know, and I use that as a form of exercise, just body movement as a form of exercise, but I didn't have the range of motion that I wanted. So I desired this extra range of motion, this ability to feel better in my body. And so that's what led me to the yoga. The yoga is what led me to the stretching, which is this deeper level. So most yoga positions actually demonstrate your flexibility rather than increase it. So a yoga position you find yourself in will show you where you are at in your flexibility. It may increase it somewhat, but it's not going to get you that further distance that you want if you're not doing the additional stretching stuff that we're talking about here, the science of stretching. So I came about this as part of my certification journey. I did my certification for DDPY, DDP yoga. I got certified as a level one trainer in that process. I actually also got dual certified in this science of stretching because I saw the benefits. I've always been a proponent of stretching. Very important that we work our bodies to their maximum potential. We use the range of motion that our body needs as part of our just daily activities. Using those positions, using those motions, spending time in those positions under passive tension is going to increase and improve your body's flexibility. So if we are going to stretch, Mm -hmm. you have simplified via your process Mm -hmm. three components, three things people need to do whenever they're stretching. What are those three pieces? And then take a breath, and then we're going to go through each one. Definitely. (laughs) So there's three main principles of the science of stretching. The first main principle is this idea that we are wet noodling. Our muscles stretch best when they are loose. So if you're flexing your muscle and you're, and you're crunching and you're doing all of that, you're not going to get that stretch that you want. So think of your muscles like an old belt, right? What you want to do is just slowly increase that distance, get a little bit longer. As you wrap it around your body, you're going to get a little bit extra, a little bit extra. And so That's what we want to do. We want to be as loose as possible in any position we find ourselves in. Because if you're flexing, you're not going to get that maximum benefit of that stretch. 
So then what's the second component to good stretching? So the second component to science of stretching is we want to meet or beat our hold times. So what does that mean? That means if I held it for two minutes last time, I need to hold it for two minutes this time. If I held it for two minutes and 30 seconds, I need to hold it for two minutes and 30 seconds. If I can do 230, let's try 235. Let's try 240. And again, we increase the maximum benefit of any stretch at the far, far end is five minutes. I don't do in my class more than three for a reason. One, I want to get into different stretches. But two, if you if you can hold this position for three minutes, you are going to get an incredible benefit out of it. Two minutes, also fine. Any amount of time you spend under passive tension. Some of the stretches, I, I had to start at 30 seconds. Like if I'm in a, a full lotus on the floor and I'm, I'm crossing my legs over each other, I could only hold that for about 30 seconds in a comfortable way when I started. Now, two to three minutes is no problem for me. So that's how you build and progress through the stretches. You start at a lower amount of time, and you slowly progress up to more time. Time under passive tension. And the last component of the science of stretching. This one's a fun one, and people struggle with this one, so it's why I, I leave it as the third, but it's arguably the most important, and that is the breathing that we do in the stretching. So A lot of panic, deep breaths, no, I would imagine. Not, no shallow. panic, no shallow. What no. we're doing is a very deliberate type of breathing, and I'm going to demonstrate it here for you now so you see it and hear it. It's super weird, and if you're doing it in the room with someone else, they're going to be weirded out by yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to put I up a splash it, guard so it's not super, doesn't come on me. Super weird. So it's a big, deep breath in through the nose. Why? Because that's the way we get the most benefit from our breathing is always breathing through the nose. So we take a deep breath. Work with me, Neil, here. Deep breath through the nose. And we do that for a count of four. One, two, three, four. And then as we exhale, we almost like a, a like This is a sort of like what Howard Stern would do. It's a little bit like that back in the day yeah. on top of a speaker. But yeah. you exhale for a count of eight. That uh, uh, that that humming in the in the throat area, what that does is it activates our vagus nerve. What that does is it tells our body, bro, calm down. It puts us in a position where our body is slowing down, and in that that fight, flight, or freeze response, which is natural when you're stressing your body. So when you're in these deep tissue stretches, your body's under stress. So the idea being, while you're stressed, you want to focus that breathing to hack your nervous system to allow you to stay in the stretch for longer. That vagus nerve activation, that humming, that on the exhale, is going to allow you to stay in the stretch for longer, which as we've already established, is the key to flexibility, that time under passive tension. When you do that with the breathing, you're going to get the maximum benefit. So to give you an example, I teach this, and so I talk much like I'm talking now, a lot to keep people distracted and also because that's just who I am as a human. So when I did my certification for this, they were like, you could talk less. No, I actually can't. That's not something that I'm could physically... Could you do could, us a favor? Could you talk less? The answer is no. Every report card, every employee re review I've ever had, anybody who's seen me over the last 42 years, 42 and a half years, have noticed this similarity, which is I use a lot of words. So being on a podcast is actually a great use of my skill set. What it doesn't do though is allow me to do the breathing when I'm teaching. So I actually took a class with one of my students who's getting certified and he had me doing the stretches and I was doing the breathing while he was doing all the talking. 
And lo and behold, I found myself really appreciating the stretches in a different way than I did before because it allowed me to stay in the stretches for longer. It allowed me to be in that stretch with the breathing and get the maximum benefit. And it was a totally different, it was the same stretches, but I got much better benefit by using the breathing. And so that third principle is so important and one that I can't stress enough, that changing your breathing, slowing down your body's response, which as I go a million miles an hour, slowing down for me is very important. And so that's really going to be how you get the maximum benefit. So it's wet noodle, not Neil's kind, it's time under passive tension, meeting or beating that hold time that we did the last time, so that progress, progression, and then the third is the breathing. So the, the three main principles dovetail into the three sort of ideas that we want to have with these, with these routines, which is we want them to be effective, we want them to be progressive, and we want them to be accessible, EPA. We want them to be something that you yourself can feel the benefit from, that each time you do it, you get a little bit more benefit, and that it's available to anybody in anybody. And that's what we're here to do. We want you to come and try this and then take these stretches into your daily routine. This is me teaching you stretches so that you can use them. I'm not cornering the market on stretches. I want you to take them and use them in a way that's going to benefit you. So Neil has a bad lower back yep. and bad hamstrings. Yep. I'm going to show him ragdoll. I've got great hair, though. Which is incredible hair. Feet hip distance slight bend of the knees, you fold forward at the hips, mm -hmm. and you grab your elbows, and, and you lift let your something head very and heavy. neck hang. You oh, just let gravity geez. pull your head and neck down. You will notice your hamstrings, those three plus one muscles in the back of your hamstrings are going to get longer. They're going to elongate uh, all the way up to your low, lower gluteal muscles. That's the kind of stretch you want, that lengthening of those hamstring muscles. When you get that hip flexor action, you fold forward, you're getting that flexion in the front on those hips and your body is naturally pulling you down. It's getting that inverse pull, that lengthening in that lower back. So your lower back is crunched from sitting all day. It's crunched from being a, a bad pharmacist. Yeah. And so you, what you have to do is lengthen out that that lower part of your back. And so the only way to do that is to get into these stretches. So using gravity to pull that back longer. And so ragdoll is an incredible position, one of my very favorites. You can do it standing. You can do it seated. Just sit on the floor and lean forward towards your feet. Grab around the bottom of your, of your thighs, hug your thighs, and just try to grab and pull your head down towards your knee. If you can lean forward a half an inch, that's better than not doing it at all. So all of these stretches, whether there's a standing version or a seated version, are available to you in a chair, on a bed. You can do these stretches quite literally anywhere with any body. So Mark, what's a good five to 10 minute daily stretching routine that people can do mm -hmm. that incorporate these three components? What are some things that people can do, like specifics? Like, yeah. tell me what, what I'm going to do. Yeah, so depending on what your body is, ultimately, you're going to pay attention to those areas where you need the work. So for Neil, I would have him doing ragdoll, which I just described, either seated or standing. He would do that every singular day. Now, there are other stretches where you can widen your stance. You can take your legs wide to the side and lean down one leg and put your bicep to your ear and just get as much of an angle as you can down that side. Same thing, go the other way 
and then right down Broadway, right down the middle. That I call our optional stretch. It's one of my favorite stretches. It's just sitting with your feet wide, as wide as you can comfortably, and leaning down each side. Go down one leg, go down the other, and then go right down Broadway. Now, if you are only leaning forward the slightest amount, and you're like, I'm not feeling anything other than just this intense stretch, good. That's what we're doing. Intense stretching, right? So you don't have to move a ton. You're not flying around. You're not running. You're not sweating like a maniac. You're just leaning, quite literally breathing and leaning. That's the trick here. So for those pieces of, so with that sideways action, you're going to get those obliques involved. That side part of your, of your side here that is left to its own devices. Your obliques are not a natural area that gets stretched throughout a day. So you want to spend some time there. That's part of your core strength. People think your core is just your abs. That's not true. So you're going to want to strengthen your entire core. When people say I have a specific part of my body that doesn't work well, it also means in Neil's case, when he's talking about his back and his hamstrings and his personality and his personality, that there's few things that we can solve. We can work around how his body uses his lower back and uses his hamstrings by realigning his body. So just taking those feet in front and keeping them flat, 6 and 12 with the ankles and, and toes. So your ankles are at 6, your toes are at 12, your legs are straight down the middle, and you just fold yourself forward. If you can do that, which any one of us should and can be able to do at any size, that benefit of that stretch, again, is going to give you dividends. So these are just very specific types of stretches that you can do that involve your lower body. I also love passive squats. So what I mean by those are you get to the edge of your chair, you scooch your your glutes to the edge of the chair, and you just lean your shoulders forward as far as you can. You fold forward again. A lot of folding here, right? Because we want to involve those hip flexors. So that's another one that's going to then get those inner thighs involved, which is an area that is underworked, underutilized, and those outside abductors, those outside thigh muscles that, again, don't get the kind of work. That's going to involve the outsides of your knees, which, again, don't get the emphasis. And, imp- and, and then that's going to help the circulation, how your body moves, and how you physically feel, and the relief that you get from doing these stretches is going to make you want to continue to do them. As people do these stretches, they go, wow, that feels awesome. That's the idea. You shouldn't be feeling impingement. If you do, stop. You should never feel like you are in pain. What you should feel is an intensity around seven or eight, which is a lot, but it feels like a lengthening is happening. That old belt is getting lengthened. And that's what we're going for here. So that time under passive tension, in whatever stretch you can get to comfortably and in a position, get to it, feel the benefit, and then do that sleepy time 4-8 breathing with the in through the nose. And then... And if you do that breathing, just as I just did it now, you can feel, I feel myself calming down, which is important for me because I'm fired up all the time. Yeah. It helps calm your nervous system down. It allows you to stay in the stretch for longer. And that's what we're trying to do. Meet or beat that hold time. You can't do that if you're not focusing on that breathing. All right. So for me, uh, I'm going to do ragdoll. Yes. 
And then what am I going to do for my hamstrings? So the hamstrings, ragdoll is part of that as well. So yep. the hamstrings are going to get involved. That's a great one for lower back and hamstrings. Nice. Another good hamstring stretch is for, for depending on sort of how your range of motion is, what I like to do is I like to sit on the floor again, okay. and I just take one leg over top of the other, okay. and then I just put the knee up in the air like this, okay. and I come over top of the other knee, and I get a little twist action. Got so it. any twist, any radial kind of motion, you're going to get a little extra action there. And I'm going to show Neil after we do this. It's hard with the video kind of the way we're doing. I'm not getting on the floor here with Neil uh, at this I, moment. I don't want to get But I am going to show him that one. So just anytime you can find yourself in a position where you can get a little twist in, always good. The other one I really love is blaster. So the way blaster works is you have strong arms in front and you can lean on either blocks or a chair in front, a bolster, something that you can have in front of you that's sturdy, a stool, a small table, and you can lean your forearms on that. Then what you do is lengthen your back leg out as straight as you can on that knee and you can put a pillow under that back knee and then you walk one leg at a time forward. So your hands are in front and your leg is in front and it's almost like a lunge, but it's lower. And so what you're doing is actually getting your knee ahead of your ankle in that stretch. And when you get your knee ahead of that ankle, because you're on the ground, you don't have to worry about the stability of being in a lunge where you want to keep your knee kind of right over your ankle so you don't hurt yourself. With this, you're going to get your knee a little bit ahead of your foot. The reason for that is you're going to get that nice psoas stretch, that filet mignon muscle, which is also involved in that hamstring work because your hamstrings are doing all the action and that's why they're under so much stress. Using your psoas, that filet mignon muscle that connects the top part of your body to the lower part, it's the only muscle in our body that connects the top to the bottom, the trunk to the base. And so you want to get those extra stretches. So when you talk about your hamstrings, we have to focus on them. So we're going to do a ragdoll, but we're also going to focus on the other muscles around the hamstrings, right? So doing blaster, which is one of my absolute favorite stretches, is going to give you that benefit. Now, when I'm in blaster, I have my hands in front, I have one leg in front, and I have the other leg back behind. And then there, I either lean forward and try to get that stretch. I can open my foot up. There's lots of different variations that make it much, much, much more challenging. I do a spin off of that sometimes where I put my hand in the opposite back pocket to get a nice twist action there. So there's so many different ways to do it, whether you're very good at the stretch or whether you've never done it before in your life. We can show you how to do it. So what are some modifications that people can do if they're not in perfect health or they're not in shape? So what I want to really encourage folks to do is to not allow your narrative around your physical abilities at this moment to determine whether or not you start or continue with a stretching routine. So part of this is, do you have a bed? Do you have a couch? Something comfortable and soft. You can sit on that. Sit on it, Potsy. You can sit on that and do these stretches. And so I can show you the version of it that involves a chair, that involves a couch, and these same ideas, this flexion and extension, you can do in any amount or any form, you're going to see benefit. So any amount of stretching is better than the stretching you're doing now. So if you're not stretching at all and you add five minutes, that's going to get you a little bit more benefit. And again, you don't have to do this for 17 hours a day. A couple of minutes here and there throughout a day, I like to do these stretches in the morning because that's when I'm least flexible and also when I have time. But I actually stretch better if I do them at night. But at night, I want to go to bed. So I'm not built to do that. So what I want to encourage folks to do 
is depending on where your body is, find a position that you can put yourself in that does not hurt, but you feel that lengthening or you feel that flexion, that extension or that flexion in the muscle groups and then stay there and breathe. And I do that throughout a day. I'll drop in a rag doll. I'll, I'll, I'll grab the back of my thighs and just hug them and then pull my knees, my face towards my knees. I do that throughout the day to reset my body. So if you are struggling with your range of motion, it is more important, ironically, for you to stretch than it is for other folks. So avoiding stretching is not going to get you any more flexibility. What it's going to do is it's going to set you up to not have that extra range of motion. So we really want, especially if you lack that range of motion, for you to invest in this. Take the time to do this consistently. We've talked about building out habits and patterns. Find some time, five to 10 in your day and add this in. Not Neil's random stretches that he's just making up, but I'm going to give him a stretching routine that he's going to do in a very specific way now going forward that I expect that he's going to utilize this and not just guess at it because he thinks he's so smart and he's in such good shape that he can make this stuff up when he has absolutely no idea what he's doing. It's funny, the analogy, you know, the, the point of me bringing this up is exactly why Mark is kind of beating it up. I'm using the information that I was taught in high school on how to stretch. I'm literally doing the stretching routine mm-hmm. we did be called before physical education. Yep. And that's how people think about nutrition. That's how people think about supplements and wellness. And that's why it's here. And so the idea that with this stuff, we need a new understanding of how to execute and we need to understand how to engage with the information and find people we can trust that can give us the this in an evidence-based manner that is accessible. It's so important. So Mark, that was a lot of valuable information. I think actually demonstrating this is going to be a big part of this. So mm-hmm. maybe doing a, a routine for Neil and a modified routine of that same thing just to show people exactly how we can modify stuff. going to be very important. You are a gift to us all. You're physically attractive. Oh, You're funny yeah. and knowledgeable. Oh. You know, I mean, seriously though, I do appreciate you, Mark. And uh, it's just, you know, I'm emotionally stunted so I can't well, open up and be mature. No, that's nice. And you know, and that's, <laughs> and, and we see the gaps. We see where people that we care about are struggling. And so we don't want to continue down that same path that doesn't lead to results. Folks want results and they're willing to do just about anything except the things that we're saying. Right. So so we want to encourage you to take a different approach, use a different lens than what you're used to. Don't rely on information from 20 years ago that you were told at the back of a, a, a pharmacy. Don't do that. Come up with a way for you to take these skills and apply them. And if you don't know, that's okay. I didn't know this stuff. I had to spend time learning it. And now that I've learned it, I'm handing it off because I need folks to take this knowledge and this information and use it in their daily lives. And so that's really what we're trying to do here is is give you access to information you may not have had otherwise and then to help you implement that strategy. That does it for today's episode. I have to take a moment and give extra special thanks to you, our super fans, for subscribing. You guys are the best. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, the more folks who do, the bigger that we can go with this little show of ours. So your support really means the world to us. Visit wellnessupsidedown.com for all things podcast. Please share this show and give us five-star reviews whenever you can. So until next week, keep plugging along on your wellness journey, doing the right thing 
isn't always easy, and sometimes it stinks. And I know you can do it. Mark knows you can do it. And it might be boring. It might be boring. That's just us saying it off the record. Take care, folks. <laughs>